Frank, it's time to talk about AI. Oh, I thought it was WebGPU. AI? Ooh. Yes, they're related. AI? Uh, well, AI uh, is everywhere. Bots bots, and AI and and vertexes. And what else do we, we have? Palms. We got gecko. Palm. Otters. Sack palm. Ard. Gemini. Gecko. Gemini? Deep mind, deep mind, Gemini, oh. vertex, okay, AI infused Is that palm all AI, them? bard, more palm, bard, bard, <laughs> AI. Hey James, I watched Hi. the uh, Google keynote today for Google I/O 2023. It's that time of year. They're doing another one. Uh, it seems like every year they do these things, and. You're like, hey, Frank, you should watch it this year because usually I don't watch it. And then <laughs> a couple hours before the show, you send me a link for a five-minute review of it. And then I'm just like, oh, well, tell me about it, James. But this time I watched the keynote. And you know what I heard and learned about? AI. 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 So uh, I guess it's an AI episode, whether we want it to be or not. Well, like Sundar said, AI is uh, having a busy year and having a busy Google I.O. keynote. That's for sure. AI. AI. Now, uh, we Just talk keep about saying it. it until it loses all meaning. Like, we're, we're not even going to be able to pronounce those. God, we're, we're even turning them into consonants now. All right. It's a drinking game. Every time we say it, take a sip. No. Isn't it, isn't it funny that, like, machine learning has sort of taken a backseat as the buzzword, because everyone to do ML, machine learning, ML, ML, blah, ML, blah, blah. And then really it's just the democratization of it, which is like, and here's AI and everything's AI. We were talking about our little uh, little microphones that we have, and there's AI powered microphone noise reduction. <laughs> you gotta have AI everywhere. There's AI everywhere. And, and this is good because you know Google has, they've always talked about AI in machine learning in their keynotes forever. And, you know, Google did a big announcement where they're, they had they announced bar. They talked about the unification of their, their things. And this has sort of been, as all the press people have said, this has been Google's moment at Google at IO or Google EO, as I like to call it, <laughs> to come out and say, here is our vision for AI powered everything in Fuse because, you know, Microsoft <laughs> has been sort of doing this all throughout the year, which was kind of cool. And I worked there, so I'm obviously a little biased in general, but I don't work in the AI department. I do work in the developer tools department. So when we get to Android Studio and developer things, then maybe I'll, you know, have some some more input there. But uh yeah, I think that it's the it's the consumerization of AI. That's what I want to say. AI? <laughs> AI. <laughs> Yeah, I I think of course it was going to be called AI. What what else would it ever be called? We're we're not going to call it ML. That that's what programmers call it and scientists call it. Uh, it's AI because it's it's been AI since the 1960s or whatever, whenever we started dreaming about this kind of junk. Um, so whatever we can make fun of it all day, but that's what of course it's going to be called that. And I should rename a bunch of my projects now because I was on the ML bandwagon. Gonna have to fix that. Um, <laughs> so what did we get? Uh, they certainly did put it into everything. We got a million 
product names. I think yeah. <laughs> they need to work a little bit harder on their branding because not only did they name every AI model after a cute animal with, I don't understand any correlation. I'm not good at put these animals in a group. Small games. to large, small to large. Was that what it was? Okay. Yeah. But they, they weren't the same kind of animal. Like it should have been a Tyrannosaurus Rex at the end, right? It was gecko, otter, bison, and then something else. No, you can't jump species like that. It's too confusing. Anyway, <laughs> we got a bunch of those. Uh, we got, they, they, they put that chat UI that I hate. <laughs> no, I don't hate it. But we talked about it a lot on our Bing episode when we were talking about Bing's integration of search and chat and all that kind of stuff. There's pros and cons to the chat UI. But boy, oh boy, did they basically take that <laughs> chat UI that OpenAI started and then Bing kind of perfected, not perfected, but brought it to the current state of the art. And then they kind of copied that UI into every single product, <laughs> which is kind of awesome. And then they added autocomplete to all their products and then did a bunch of imaging stuff. That That's that's the AI stuff. Which, which one should we talk about? Because I want to talk about all those at least a little. Well, let's get some of the consumery stuff out of the way and we'll end on hardware. This is kind of where they went. I feel like they talked a lot in the beginning about injecting AI into their product suite. So, for mm -hmm. example, you know, email, smart completions, maps, immersive view modes, photos. They have them. I think you're right on the brands because they use magic and a lot like a magic, magic eraser, magic photos, magic text, magic SMS, magic. But then. There's other product names. So I agree. There's lots of product names that no one's going to remember or would be very confused, uh, which we'll talk about today because, yeah, yeah, I forgot about Duet. Don't ship I have your a, org I, chart, Google. <laughs> I have I have a Duet written down and then I, I don't even know what it is underneath it. So I think that stuff was all good. Like, that's fine. I think photo enhancement seems cool, et cetera, et cetera. You know, they're integrating into the Google workspace. I think this is great, right? Like, you know, it's putting it in Google Sheets and Google Docs and Google whatever, just like we have it, you know, they talked about Microsoft talked about putting Copilot and everything. I do like the Copilot <laughs> brand. I think that's a good I don't know whoever I don't know whoever's in marketing. That's a good brand. It's, it's great. So I think that that's really helpful. You know, I think Sheets and Excel, a Copilot visualization, smart data processing, ooh, the graphing and charting, like I want that. I'll say this though, they talked a lot about all the AI, the infusion, all this stuff. And people were like, that's cool. If so, if I was to summarize this, AI is like an emoji that's like, like kind of like straight face, like in their chat, like maybe like a little smiley. But then when they announced dark mode for Bard, like, it went nuts or like, oh my gosh, dark mode. Like that's the name of this episode, which is AI. And then dark mode, oh my gosh. Like everyone was so excited. So that kind of summarizes the keynote for me. Yeah, it was kind of funny because the uh, presenter even just started cracking up from the audience's reaction for that one. So that, that was that was a good one to watch live. Um, I I get it. I, I hate it when apps don't support dark mode now that I've been living the dark mode life. It, it, yep. It's the absolute worst when you get blasted with a white screen. Uh, okay. I, I still want to go back to a lot of the things you talked about. Um, put a pin in. No, let's just talk about it right away. Okay. <laughs> I use um, I use OpenAI's GPT-4 
check completions API all day, every day, constantly. I live in it. So one of the neat products, they, uh, they, they put the chat UI into Android Studio. That's, that's pretty cool. Because, yeah, I, I do a lot of coding questions with it, and it makes a lot of sense to put it right into the IDE like that. I think Copilot, they kind of started the UI revolution, and then uh, people have been improving, and I think Copilot's fallen behind a little. I think they need to step up their game a little bit to compete with what Google is presenting here. But can I tell you what blew my mind the most? In the same way the audience gasping at dark mode what I was gasping at. So every day I watch GPT-4 very slowly read my answer out to me a few letters at a time, a little bit. And it's Mm. not my internet connection. I have an okay. It's not a great internet connection, but I have an okay internet connection. It's a stupid model. It's, It's execution speed. And these demos from Google, and I want to know if they're cheating or not. So I need to install all this software and find out for myself. <laughs> the stupid thing was auto-completing so fast. So yeah. fast, James. It was blowing my mind. So, uh, I mean, they did too fast that I'm a little sus, but it is Google, and they did talk about their new data centers at some point in the keynote. And so I believe that they could be crazy like that and actually produce something that fast, but dang, I got to go get it and see if it's really that fast. I, you know, Heather and I were really debating of, you know, obviously a lot of things were in video, you know, doing AI anything live is a little scary because AI inherently, when you're talking to these GPT models, are going to spit out different things. So a lot of them were videos, which made a lot of sense. Some of them were demos, but things were a little sus, right? Like is Android Studio going to spit out the perfect XML and then perfectly transcribe that into code first compose? And then also on the email client, are you going to write a sentence and it's going to know context about this device that you didn't mention at all in the email? Like, I don't know, kind of interesting, but it's AI stuff. So I think like I take it with a grain of salt on demos of AI, anything from any company in in general, unless they're like, hey, this is happening live. This is a real thing in which Google did that. They did that with Bard, right? And that didn't go over super well originally. However, the stuff that they showed was better (laughs) this this time around. I was was overall impressed. It was long, but overall I was impressed with the flow of things coming in um, into it. And it was kind of bringing it up, you know, because you're talking about the chat stuff with code. Bard itself got a lot of new abilities. It's like multimodal. Um, it's got memory and planning with the Gemini model that's coming. They have extension points. So you can have like Adobe generate images or like, you know, book things or whatever. Um, you know, basically it was the maturing of their products. That's what I kind of. Yeah. Okay. But I, I, okay. I'm getting a little bit confused. So maybe you can help me out. Um, Bard is a product. What is the relationship between Bard and Palm? Because they talked a lot about Palm, which is P-A-L-L-M, I believe. Little A. Uh, which, little A. Uh, which I'm very interested in Palm because, uh, as I said, I use my own little console app that we talked about on the show uh, that I wrote to talk to these neural networks. And I can easily plug in new APIs and things to them. And one of the big announcements they had was 
I think if I'm not crossing my wires here, so everyone double check me, but I think they said they're opening that API to palm up to everyone and you can start coding against that API. But can you enlighten me? What is the difference between Palm and uh, BOD? Is BOD using Palm or are they actually different networks? No, you are correct in that last statement, which is Palm is the LM, so it's the model, and mm-hmm. it is powering BARD and the other things currently. Their next Bard generation is, is Gemini, which is like the oh. next thing. But Currently, Palm is there. So that's their model you can take advantage of. Now, there's two things in the AI platform. There is a Palm API, which I guess would be like the open API. And then there's another thing which is called Vertex. And I think Vertex is where it gives you like pre... I could be wrong, spot check me. There were so many Mm -hmm. names. I know. (laughs) I'm pretty sure Vertex is an API that's like, hey, here are some pre-trained models to do stuff but you can also inject and retrain it as well. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I, I'm blanking. I missed that part, everyone. Hi. <laughs> I, I missed that. Darn. Uh, I did catch. It, it is interesting that they are allowing people to do the retraining part. Uh, OpenAI has actually backed off from that a little bit. GPT-3, you could fine-tune. GPT-4, you cannot. Mm. Uh it's an interesting distinction. I'm curious how the future will shake out if fine tuning will always be a thing or not. Because one of the fine tunings that they brought up, I'm going to jump uh, over to imaging for a minute here. Um, they were talking about they have products out there, I think, dream something, <laughs> dream image. Dream magic, magic dream, <laughs> something that uh, generates images where um, not only is it like the stable diffusions and the dollies, but you can actually fine tune it to your uh, actual domain, what you actually need to generate images about. The demo they gave, they generated 7 million card game images for their app. Yeah. Okay. Are you, are you going to? Okay. Whatever. It's cute. It's a cute demo. Um, But that's neat that Google is taking that tact because uh, what do you have? You you have the big players, your Microsofts, your OpenAIs, your Googles. Facebook hasn't really released any products. Amazon hasn't released any products worth talking about. Uh, But then you have a much bigger growing, and we won't even talk about them now, but we they're becoming bigger, the independents, the, the the new big industry players that are growing out of all this stuff, your um, mid-journeys and such. Anyway, I lost my train of thought there. Moving on, James. <laughs> <laughs> the retraining. Yeah, so here's the first, basically, half of the entire keynote, which was AI. There's a lot of AI. There's Palms, there's Geckos, there's Geminis, there's Vertexes. And this stuff is being infused in Google products under different names of different things. And they can do different things that you would expect it to do because some of the things are already doing it in other products. And now they're going to be in Google products as well. And Bard's open to everybody. So you can go check it out as well. That's cool. Now, I will say this, since it is a developer conference, okay, I did take some notes about Bard doing stuff. So you can code with Bard. You can um, ask it questions, which is fine. 
And then you can export code samples to Repolit, Repolit, which is Repolit. <laughs> I haven't used Repolit, but I know of it. And um, that's Bard you in general, which I think is fine. But the Android Studio integration, I think, is the more fascinating part because it's sort of like GitHub Copilot chat. But uh, you can ask it about stuff. You can ask it to do stuff. It knows the context of your code, the things that you'd expect, uh, which, which is cool. Mm-hmm. which is nice. But one thing that they did do that I thought was cool uh, was there was like a crash report and you could right click and you could say like analyze with, they call it Android Studio Bot, which you got to have a you know name for it. So it's the bot inside. But you could ask bot, like what's this crash report about? And it could help identify inside your code. I thought that was a nice little, uh, a nice little uh, feature there. Oh, 100%. Um, I kind of want to write a Visual Studio code extension that just has all the prompts that I've kind of developed over time for when I want to get one of the networks to do something to my code. Like there was a code file I had, and I'm like, I just pasted it into the network, and I'm like, please comment to all the functions in this code. And it did it. It didn't mess up the code at all, and it wrote nice big comments on it. Uh, nice and readable. It was even correct in most cases. Um, there's a million like little things like that that it could do. And we've got to find the right UI for it because chat's not exactly the right UI. But um, I love the idea of paste in your error messages and be like, hey, and the networks aren't big enough to do this yet. But when you can fit your entire code ba- base into its memory, you could just be like, here's the errors. Make them go away, please. <laughs> and it it can just rewrite all your code for you. We're, we're probably a good couple years away from that. I wonder how fast this stuff will move, but we're at least a few years away from that memory-wise and speed-wise. Well, here's a question for you. Microsoft obviously has VS, VS Code, IntelliJ, and has a bunch of you know, integrations, a bunch of IDs for Copilot, GitHub Copilot. Now there's Android Studio, which obviously caters to Android developers. So like these models can be hyper-trained on Android specific things with Kotlin or Java. Mm-hmm. My, I didn't really see anything else from Google that um, I think they announced a few other things in the developer space, but it, it has me questioning and we're a month away. What's Apple going to do with Xcode? Do they have the data okay, okay. to trade this stuff on? I want to, I want to like, there's everything, there's one missing piece. And Heather and I were talking about this is what is Apple going to do? And is the Apple keynote going to be AI, 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 AI infused Mac OS, AI infused iOS, you know what I mean? AI infused Xcode or not, you know what I mean? Like, but then their privacy concern and like the Google IO keynote for 25 minutes, they had someone talk about privacy, right? Which well, <laughs> it's you know, Google, so they have Google. to they have to put up a plausible defense. Um, but no, Google's not the ones you trust with your privacy. So whatever. Uh, the, I, I did like a lot of the lip service too. Uh, we we haven't been releasing these models because we're trying to be uh, we're trying to be good people. We're worried about the world. We're worried about yeah. the end of civilization caused by these neural networks. We're concerned. You, there was a yeah. lot of concern up there on the stage. But it can do good um, and change lives. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, 
<laughs> you had to jump to Apple. I we could we could end the podcast just going what will Apple's response be? But Apple's going to be like, here's another A. We call it AR. This is what we've been working on. We haven't really been working on this other one, but uh, maybe next year. Oops. Maybe next year will be the year of AI. That'll be Apple. Oops. Yeah, <laughs> I don't see it. I don't see it. Uh, but you never know. You never know. It's possible because Xcode could certainly use it. Like uh, I, I'm still flabbergasted that there's no Copilot integration with Xcode. It's That'd be cool. Just, I, people have put heroic efforts into trying to fit one in, but Xcode's extension model just doesn't really support that kind of stuff. And so you would hope that they're at least working with some of those companies to at least, because it can generate Swift code, no problem. Uh, all these networks. So whatever. Yeah. It, it should do that. Anything else about AI? I really want to get to developer Wait, yes, keynote you missed, and, and other stuff. You, what did I miss? Oh, oh, okay. Well, no, this is developer keynote, but um, it's it's the silliest form, and yet I'm tempted to try to use it, a form of their AI integrations, which is, James, when you go into the developer console, the mm-hmm. Google Play developer yeah. console, you can go to an experimental feature that seems very vague and did you know the demo cut out really quick when they actually click the button and you can have it generate what ad copy for your app based upon the terrible metadata that we all put inside of those store things so anyway they put they put their generator uh ai into helping you write store submissions and the drop down boxes were scary dude like (laughs) Like, how upbeat should it be? What kind of people do you want to reach? Like, the first part of the keynote is them talking about being responsible AI stewards. And then in the second part, they show the weirdest demo I've ever seen with the scariest prompts I've ever seen in my life. So anyway, that was my favorite feature. I liked I liked magic text message, which was uh, he like wrote like, hey, do you want to get dinner tonight? He's like. But let me hit the little magic button here, because obviously that isn't good enough text. How do I want to message this? It'll give me recommendations. Do I want it to be Shakespearean? Let me see. I don't know if we need robots to help us be more human. I just don't believe in that, really, to be honest with you. And I don't know if it is. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's necessary. Like, I don't know if that is necessary. Just like the ad copy. I don't know. Maybe it is, but I'm not convinced. Do you remember the movie Her? Did you see that one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the little with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. I don't remember the full uh, uh, <laughs> setup here, but wasn't people were paying him to write cards, right? Uh, greeting cards, whatever. Cards. Yeah. So will we get into that future where we're paying a human to write something so that it can be written? artisanal human written versus AI written. But anyway, just a stray thought there. I'm starting to think that movie was a little pressing. I always think it's, it should be the reverse, which is kind of like the co-pilot route. Like when you see co-pilot demoed or other things, which is like, hey, this is like probably accurate, but like you should probably double check it for sure. Because I was listening to Tech Meme Ride Home and uh, he was saying like he does a lot of uh, resume builders. He has a whole like, you know, uh, resume thing he's been doing it for like 20 years yeah but he's interested in like ai generated resume building which i think yeah. is probably fine to bootstrap you but then you actually want a human to you know get in there and granularize you know, the details uniqueness 
taken a step back from all this. What what is the huge big picture here? We have created these machines that can generate base most of a lot of things that we want. They can generate those. Um, I uh, let, let me put a pin in that, and I'm going to come back to my big point. <laughs> Okay, Frank. Frank had a big point, but he's going to ask. I, I had a big GPT. point, and then I let it go away from my brain a little bit, and we'll be okay. back to it. I swear. Well, one thing that they talked about a lot was not only infusing Android and Android Studio with AI, but they also talked about wearable stuff. They talked about tablets. They're all about the tablets, multi, you know, stuff. They talked about, um, yeah, Magic Compose. That's my favorite. They talked about. <laughs> Um, find my updates. So they're working with Apple on the unknown tracker things. That's cool. The one thing that I thought was fascinating um, was two things. One was uh, messaging RCS. They're all in an RCS, which is a protocol that the things. They made fun of Apple, James. It, it was rude. They made fun of Apple and the audience giggled. They it, should do okay. it. Apple should do it. RCS it maybe next year. Um, <laughs> now, the other thing, my favorite. Number one announcement, emoji wallpapers. Really? This is the one I rolled my eyes at the biggest, and this is your favorite one. Okay. You know the (laughs) keynote's wrapping when it's a five-minute demo of emoji wallpapers. I literally said out loud, are they pitching a wallpaper app? (laughs) And they were. They were, James, pitching a wallpaper. But it's interactive, I guess, if you tap the screen. It's somehow satisfying. My actual favorite... My favorite hardware was the tablet dock. And I don't know why Apple mm-hmm. doesn't have this tablet dock. Because the yeah. tablet dock, you take the tablet, the Pixel tablet, you dock it, and it is a charging. It's speakers. You can Chromecast to it. You can put it into your home modes. So you can control your electronics. Um, multi-user yeah, mode. All kind of nice. And then they obviously announced Pixel 7a, blah, blah, blah. Pixel Fold, foldables. Do we need foldables? No, I'm, I'm not convinced. Maybe. I thought that the screen didn't I look great. I, I the, their, their movie cameras were too good <laughs> because I, th- I mm. think the screens are fine. You know, it's just yeah. everything was so well lit. It was just looking a little bit rubbishy. But I, yeah. I'm still a big fan of foldable screens, even though I've never owned one. I just yeah. think the form factor is amazing. I, I think it has its place because uh, I've used my Surface Duo a lot and um, has its place in time when I thought it was like nifty to, to use. And because I got a demo device to try different things. And I don't know. I want it to be like Westworld, where it's like really optional, super thin. You can be like, and like you decide. And like, it's like, it's like things are coming out and there's holograms, there's AR mode, and there's like stuff happening. Like, I think that's when I'm ready to jump in on like more than one screen, but I could be wrong. I just need to be convinced. And I don't want to spend $2,000 on it. So when the time comes, mm-hmm. that will happen. Foldable iPad, one of these years. Uh, iPad keeps getting thicker, though. I think we're getting away from the Westworld (laughs) form factor that you're aiming for there. Um, What was the the Pixel called? Did they announce a Pixel? I'm pretty sure they announced a Pixel, right? Pixel Full, Pixel Tablet, Pixel 7a, Pixel Wear OS 4, 7a. Yeah. (laughs) Duet. Are we on to developer stuff? I did notice one funny thing. 
What funny thing did you notice? Uh, watches for doing watch faces. They are promoting a new XML format for creating your watch faces, a declarative UI format, as in, we don't want to be running any of your code. And they had the cutest little line in there when they announced it. They're like, so your APK won't have any code in it. Moving on. <laughs> and like, Whoa, yeah, yeah. Boy. Yeah. Better be 10 documents explaining what's going on there. So mm-hmm. can you enlighten me at all? Or is this all new to you too? There was two parts to watch OS that was there. One was the watch faces, which are easier to create the new XML format. Uh, they worked with Samsung on this. They're really close partners with Samsung. And then additionally, there are new APIs for tiles. So they're moving into a tiles-based approach for updating. It feels similar to what Apple is doing on... Um, widgets. Exactly, widgets. I, I believe that's what it is. The one thing that's probably nice is anyone could then just create a XML file. <laughs> Maybe it's XAML-based. Um, yeah, funny. It's funny because they have had this huge push on Android development, which is... Compose, there's three bullet points, which is Compose, which is their code first. They said 24% of the top apps are using it. Kotlin, 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 Kotlin. And then yeah. Android Studio. Those were like the Android development things. Modern um, Android development, I believe you meant to say. Modern. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought I thought the Android stuff was a little light in general. Uh, and But there's going to be sessions. Like, you know, Frank and I haven't, like we haven't watched like anything besides these two sessions. Yeah. There's that. I actually was surprised because I thought that the developer keynote was extremely web heavy, Frank Krueger. And as I was watching it, I said, ooh, Frank Krueger is really going to enjoy anything that they talk about here because the magic words came out. It has an A in it. A R? W A, WebAssembly. Oh. They were talking about WebAssembly. I missed that part. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Okay. Um, this was. Are they removing the two gigabyte barrier? This was before WebGPU. So, and Baseline, which is another thing they talked about. They talked a lot, a lot. So, versus WebAssembly stuff is that they're like WebAssembly now supports man- managed languages like Kotlin. Oh, so they support a JIT now in WebAssembly. We have been waiting for that one for a while. That's been on the deck for a while. I didn't know the time frame for that at all. To be honest, I lost track of it there for a bit. Um, neat. Um, I kind of like the idea of the whole point of WebAssembly is like to go fast. So if you're going to run an interpreted language, I don't know, just write yourself some JavaScript, but okay, fine. Is there. And uh, then they they were like, well, now you can run Kotlin. So if you want to take some of your Android mm-hmm. code that's not Android related and put that in the browser, you can do that. So I think it was like they, they talked a lot about their interop there. They also talked mm-hmm. about their interop with um, uh, Flutter and like other web frameworks. I did like this note. There were like a lot of people say web or native. Really, it's web and native. You decide. You know, <laughs> I, I did like that. And that was cute. They talked about baseline, which they're working with tons of companies across the globe to standardize web updates. So there's going to be baseline 23, baseline 24. Every year, the web is going to get a new set of standards oh, no. that everybody's agreeing upon. <laughs> it's happening, Frank. Um, and I, I don't want to gloss over web GPU because uh, that was I next. want to give full props. Oh, okay. Are we going to talk about it? Yeah. Um, because so WebGL. I, I actually want to get out of here. 
Get it. You're gone. You're old fashioned. We don't like you. (laughs) You're open GL. No one likes open GL anymore. Um, I'm really excited for this. I've been somewhat obsessing over um, WebGPU for the last few weeks. Uh, For those who don't know, uh, it is a new render API and a new compute API, very similar to Metal and Vulkan, but different because, of course, they all have to be different. But I've been programming it on my Twitch stream, and I've actually been building a library about it. I want to do a whole show, James, on talking about (laughs) WebGPU. But um, let's just say huge fan and big props to Google for getting it out the door getting it into people's hands so we can start really playing with it. Yeah. And like the one thing that they talked about is like, hey, all these devices, including your phones, have really powerful GPUs. It'd be great to take advantage of these GPUs in the web Mm -hmm. and take advantage of it there. So I thought that was really um, neat. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I I mean, for there's a lot of people doing like Blazor hybrid apps too now. So Ideally, you know, if Apple in a year or two or we'll, we'll, we'll see what Apple's mood is, we'll see if they ever enable it on device. It took them forever to enable hardware modes for anything on the device, but maybe someday they'll enable it on the device there for us. Yeah, well, we won't quite go into our dub dub DC prediction podcast no. just yet during the Google <laughs> I.O., but it does have me thinking a lot. We have obviously build up coming in a week or two. Got WWDC coming up in a week or two. There's that. Um, what else did they show? Oh, they had a great demo. Uh, they talked about AI for developers. They're open sourcing all these models. This thing called Project Game Face, which I thought was really cool, which was they did a machine learning model training on faces to control individuals that have um, disabilities that maybe can't interact with mouses and things. So you can actually Smart. interact directly with it. Uh, that was cool. And they talked about how they made it. They talk about this thing called Media Pipeline, which are, these are the things that are pre-built. This is a different name, sorry. Project Media Pipeline <laughs> is the pre-built retrainable thing. So maybe the other thing wasn't retrainable. Right. Who knows? In general, and then they threw this in at the end, Frank, and you're going to love this. They have an entire brand new geospatial game engine integration thing, and they're going to release Space Invaders into the world. So you just, it's a, it's a, it's geospatial games are a, Checkbox now done. How eight years ago? Anyway, <laughs> what was I, I remember? I was doing a talk somewhere and I had my dragons game. Do you remember yep. the dragons would fly around in the sky and you could shoot the dragons? Uh, I was very proud of it. That was back in the Pokemon days. People still play the Pokemon game though, don't they? Oh, yeah, I have yeah. to imagine. So yeah. maybe, maybe I'm being rude by saying how eight years ago but <laughs> uh that's neat i'm a little jelly that there's a full sdk for it i had to write all that code myself but that's nice that's nice for people so okay that's funny so google was heavy on ai light on ar that's obviously an ar thing um so we'll see apples apples they, they did they did announce they just it was for one second and they said we have some big announcements on the AR space with Samsung, and everyone's like, yeah. "Ooh!" And then, then they said, the "We'll talk about th- we'll we'll talk about that later this year." Is that what they said later this year? Because I think yeah. I heard like later in the developer thing, and I was like, "Ooh, I can't wait for this thing!" And I couldn't find it. So well, later this year, 
later, later this, this year. year. Like, we're still going to wait on Dub Dub. <laughs> Do we miss anything? How do you feel about this AI infused AI? I I enjoyed the keynote. I like. I thought it was. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, we've all been waiting for Google's response because overall opinion is um, I think they did a great job. I don't use a lot of Google products, so I'm a little bit sad that I, I actually I'm going to be missing out on a lot of these new features. I'm a little sad for that. So it's really just mm. making me think. I probably won't switch products either, though, because I, I have a system right now. It's good enough. Their UI integrations are good, but they're not doing anything fundamentally different than we haven't all been doing for the last what, six months now. Yeah whenever all this craze really started. So I, I think what they did is really good, especially if those demos are running at real-time speed. I want to see how fast these things are. Um, but uh, it, it was not revolutionary to me. Too many product names. A lot of product names. I feel like, you know, they, they did some unique things. There's some table stake things. Had a good flow. Table stakes. Um, Nailed it. Yeah, it was table stakes, I think. So I think they executed upon that and they made some enhancements in a few areas. Problem that Google has is Google went first. So as far as keynotes go, right, it's kind of like at E3 Mm -hmm. back in the day, there would be like, okay, there's the Sony, there's the Sony keynote, the Microsoft keynote, the Nintendo keynote, you know, and not that I, I don't know how often like, oh, WWDC is like a month out and builds like two weeks out. I don't know. Now, if things drastically change or like they're already, you know, you know, whatever, it's like you're making a new product in a week or two, but you might be able to change a demo in in a few weeks or a month like Apple (laughs) has. So that's uh, quite fascinating. Ideally, Apple's strong in their convictions. And if they think it's an AR year, it'll be that. If it's an AI year, it'll be that. And if it's just an iPhone year, it'll be that. You know, I, I trust them to trust themselves. So 37 minutes in, uh, you want to hear my big idea one more time, one more attempt at it? I'm ready. It it actually occurred to me earlier today, and you just sparked it, whatever we were talking about earlier that made me think of it again. But what I'm realizing is all of these uh, generative models, what they're really turning us into are editors instead of creators all the time. Mm. The most important job is going to be editors. You you were mentioning like, yeah, you can generate all this stuff, but you still need to read it over and look at it. And so I think in the future, yeah, we probably will be paying human editors a little bit more. But I think that's what this little revolution is. Uh, instead of us being the fountain, <laughs> or at least you know the majority of us, there's always going to be the creative artists. Stop worrying about them. There's always going to be artists. <laughs> but for the bulk of us, there's going to be this thing that can generate... of what we need. And then our job from now on is to be editors. And I'm already seeing that in my own code. Um, I let Copilot generate a bulk of code. I go back and I edit it. Generate a bulk of code, go back and edit it. Um, I feel like that's our future right now. I like it. And on that note, I think we will wrap this podcast. Let us know what you thought of Google I.O. You know, if you watch more of the stuff, you have a recommended sesh sesh if you will um let us know what you thought overall the keynotes developer keynotes so it's fun to do these podcasts it's hard to watch everything and then do a pod right after and you know you can always watch the 16 minute whatever but uh, a lot of times these keynotes you know we talk about the keynotes they're often focused on the keynote is usually like oh the wall street journal's there and then the developer keynote is a little bit more developer right but uh, i always like watching both of them because they do an 
infuse a little bit of a developerness in here. And I like to see the where Google's thinking about devices in the future. So to me, it was pretty solid. Let us know what you thought. Hit us up on Twitter. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can put a link in the comments below. We'd appreciate that. Uh, well, I guess you wouldn't put a link in the comment below, but you could write a comment in the comment below. I guess they could have a link to your favorite sesh. Give it a thumbs up, like it, subscribe, uh, share it with a friend. Uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this week's Merch Podcast. I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Or watching? Sure. Peace. Peace. Yeah. Bye.